Hey, we're gonna start, so uh, good morning, good morning. Yes, lots of verses today, lots of stuff today, multiple pages of notes, trying to condense it into 40 minutes. That is always the challenge. Um, so we're doing a series, and the series is called The Revelation of Truth, and the goal of the series is to lead you into another series that's called Kingdom Culture. And so what the point of the series is, is so that the Christian can understand uh, basic things, such as who God is, um, who the enemy is, the devil, and now we're going to talk today about the authority of the believer. And why is this important? Because it's wrapped up in who you are. It's wrapped up in what Jesus has done for you and why he, what he has given to us and what our role is. He's the God of the past, the present, and the future. And our destiny, and God deals with our past, he deals with our present, and he is calling us into a future. This is who Jesus is, okay? There's nobody like him. He forgives your sins, gives you, makes you a new creation, sets you into the time and space with a purpose, and calls you into your future. Well, you, don't, you can't walk into your future if you don't know what it is. You can't become who you are if you have no clue who you're supposed to be. Jesus has a plan for you. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The plan that God has for your life is not what the culture says for you. It's not what your mother says. It's not what your university professor says. It's not what your boss says. The plan over your life, your destiny, lies in understanding who your creator has made you to be. And so there's practical application. There's basic things that every believer has to understand. And if we understand these things, we can begin to apply them into our lives no matter where we are. And one of them, we have to have a right understanding of God. We have to have a right understanding that there is a devil. It amazes me today, in, this, in our Christian world, how Christians have no theology of the devil. They think all evil in the world is a result of God. And that is exactly what the devil does. He's a fallen being, he's a fallen angel, and he comes and he lies and he creates all kinds of calamity, and then he points back to God and goes, look what he did. Look what he did. If God loved you, this wouldn't be happening to you. Look what God did to you. You get the point? The Bible says that we have authority. Mankind was created with authority. When God created Adam and Eve, he didn't create them without authority. We were made in his image and likeness. Our God is a creator. You're made with creative ability. Our God is a ruler. He made his people to rule. Our God is, has, has an environment and a sphere in which he rules. He gave us a sphere and a rule in which to do. This is the creation of man, Genesis 1, uh, 126. God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit led us, it's the Hebrew word Elohim, plural God, in one form, Father, Son, and Spirit, Ehad, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Just like us, let us make him. And let them have what? What's that word? What's that D word? Can you read it? Can you read it? D? Can you read it? What's that? What is it? Help me out. I can't pronounce that. What is it? Dominion. dominion. Let them have dominion. You know what that means? Authority. Let them have rule. Let them rule what? Let them rule the environment in which I have placed them. That's why it says that. And then he says, not only let them rule, but let them be fruitful and multiply. Let them rule the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything that lives upon the earth. Mankind was created to rule. Well, what, into what place were we created to rule? We were created to rule not upon our own terms. We were created to rule upon God's terms. We were created, the literal rendering of this is let them have dominion, and God sends Adam and Eve forth to create culture. Culture, okay? We become products of the culture we find ourselves in. We become products of the environment we find ourselves in. 
was talking to my son this morning. He was talking about drugs, and we were having this conversation. You know, we were talking to kids about drugs. Yeah, this morning, and my dad, my son was talking to me about these different things and, and like how he doesn't understand things and you know and all this stuff. And I and I and you know I my son my, I don't, my I did not grow up with the sheltered existence that my son grew up with. So I grew up in a little more shall we say wild environment. And so I was explaining to him, he's like, well, why did you end up doing drugs and do the things that you did when you were younger? And I said, because I was a product of the environment that I found myself in. I, was grown, I grew up in an environment and in a culture where that was going on all the time. And so I was around that all the time, and I found myself being a product of the environment that I found myself in. You will be a product of the environment you find yourself in. Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad people corrupt good morals. What does that mean? Wherever you are, that's what you're going to become. Destiny is related to what you're putting in you. This is absolute fact. You can study this. This, is all, this isn't even Bible. I can give you business, even though the Bible's higher than that. Business leadership will tell you that where you will be in five years is determined by what you are reading and the people you are associating with. So if you're not reading, you're not leading. Leaders are readers. What are you putting in you? Well, I like Jay-Z. Really? Where do you think you're going to be in five years? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the point. What are you putting in you? What are you feeding upon? And what is the group that you find yourself following? Or what group do you find yourself associating with? That will determine where you're going to be in five years. It's an absolute fact. Adam and Eve were called to create an environment. They were called to create a culture, a kingdom culture, the rule and the dominion of God upon the earth. They were to see what the Father was, who the Father was, and they were to mirror his world into theirs. Without going back into last week, which, you know, it's important to keep going over this and over this because faith comes by hearing. And I realize that some of you have never heard anything quite like this before because it's in your Bible. And we have a lost art within the church. We have a lost art of biblical exegesis. We don't exegesis the Bible. That means teach the Bible in what it means. Teach the doctrines of the Bible. We've lost our concept of theology. We teach vain doctrines of men, not the doctrines of God. And we teach the doctrines of men because we don't want to make the people mad. Or we don't want to alienate people. I believe God has put a hunger within man that if you will give them something that is deeper and give them something that is more profound, the spirit that is within them will yearn for it. Amen. Deep cries out for deep. Yes. Give me more. Yes. I want more. We make our Christian addicted to cotton candy and Snickers bars. And God says those who are of full age want meat. Meat is for the mature. Deeper teaching is for the hungry. You don't get muscles off Snickers bars, do you? Right? I love my son, man. When he was a little boy, I was looking at pictures the other day because we're, we're purging, 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 getting rid of things, purging, out with the old, in with the new. And you always come across, you always, and I'm like, I cannot believe how much junk I have, man. And I'm holding stuff up going, why? 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 Why do we have, why are we keeping this? You ever done that? Yeah. You're cleaning out your closet and you're holding it up and you're like, why? Why have I held on to this? Why? And, uh, but you come across pictures, and I saw pictures of my son when he was a little boy, and he used to dress like a cowboy, and he'd always have guns on, and you know, he'd ride his horse around, and he had his horse, his name was Smokey, and so he'd ride that, that little horse around. And um, I completely forgot where I was going with that, but anyway. <laughs> as I was saying, maybe the Lord's like, you're going off the wrong way. Come back to the teaching, Kevin. 
So anyway, created for dominion. It'll probably come to me in a, it'll come to me in a random moment. Well, we're created to have dominion and we're created to rule. I cannot believe I just forgot that thought. We're created to have dominion and to have rule, and it's the king's dominion. We were given the king's rulership, the king's rulership to create the king's culture on the earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Is that not what Jesus said? That's the same idea. Jesus came to restore what was lost. God gave the original concept to Adam and Eve in the garden. They lost it. 2,000 years of sin reigning. Christ comes down, defeats the devil, and commissions man back into his original, into his and her original design. On earth as it is in heaven. Go into all the world and create culture. It's the same commission Jesus gave the disciples is the same commission the Father gave Adam and Eve in the garden. It's the restoration of all things. We were created to have dominion. The heavens belong to the Lord, Psalm 115, but the earth he has given to the children of men. We rule here. You understand that? It's delegated authority. Delegated authority. We have this whole concept, and again, I'm going to just come right up. I'm going to drive right up. Some of you, it isn't going to mean it, but I'm coming right up against this, this false theology and this unbiblical teaching. There's unbiblical teaching that talks about the sovereignty of God. And God will do whatever God wants to do, not according to the scripture. He has delegated his authority in the earth to man, period. If man will not, and then God will not. It has always been and always will be a divine partnership. Everything we cast off on the Lord and we just throw away all of our responsibility as if we have no responsibility at all. Can your head do anything without your body? Huh? Can your head get up and make you a sandwich? Can your head open up the front door? Jesus is the head of the church. Who's the body? Come on. You guys should do better on this quiz, okay? I mean, who is the body? We're the body, which means we have to do something. We participate in this process. It's not absolute sovereignty of God, and God's going to do whatever God's going to do, and whoever God wants to save is who God's going to save. God's not going to save anyone if we don't open our mouths. How will they hear unless there's someone to have a preacher? And how will they have a preacher unless a preacher is sent? Well, guess what? God sent you and me. We have to participate in this process. He has given dominion to, of the earth to us. The people with authority on the earth is not governments. Uh-uh. Washington, D.C. doesn't hold the government of the earth. Moscow does not hold the government of the earth. The church holds the government of the earth. And we are ignorant of our power. And we are ignorant of our authority. Our authority is not in this world. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty in the spirit. Our power lies in the spirit. We are the government of God upon the earth. We are the dominion of God upon the earth. That is an absolute fact. And I realize, with some of you, this is an entirely new concept for you. But this is the Bible. This is, the, this is not only the Bible, it's your identity. It's who you are. Kings and priests unto our God. Really? That's what he says we are. Kings and priests unto our God. What is man that you are mindful of him or made him a little lower than the angels? You have crowned him with glory and honor and you have made him to what? What's this? Here's our word again. What, what is that word? Dominion. dominion. Made him have dominion. Man was created to have dominion. Man was created to have rule. And you've put all things under his feet. Next slide. This authority has been delivered to me, Satan says to Jesus. 
I give it to whomever I wish. Jesus being tempted of the devil. Devil goes, hey, if you're the son of God, what does he do? He challenges him on his identity. He challenges him not only on his identity, but he challenges him on the prophetic word that was spoken over his life. Jesus is the son of God, no, no question. Come down from the Father into human form, baptized in the Jordan, rises from the Jordan, heaven opens, Father speaks, prophetic word, prophetic declaration, heaven speaks over the Son and says, this is the Messiah in whom I am well pleased. He goes into the desert and immediately Jesus, he, the devil tempts him a great against his identity. The devil came right up where he lived against who the Father said he was. If you are the Son of God. What do you mean if? If. There's no if here. If you are a Christian, if God really loved you, if God really cared about you, if, 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 if. There's no ifs. There's no ifs. It's fact. You are a believer. If you're in Christ, you're a believer. If you are in Christ, God loves you. And even if you don't know Jesus, he still loves you. He loves you from afar. He cannot release. He cannot save you. He cannot activate until you come to Christ. But he still loves you, even from afar. Lucifer looks at Jesus, and he says, Jesus, I know why you came. He came as Adam. The Bible calls him the last Adam. Why did he come? He came as Adam, the last Adam, to what? Regain dominion over the earth. Regain dominion over the spirit of man. Regain the dominion over the destiny of man. True. But also regain dominion over the earth. And see, Lucifer understood this. He said, hey, I got all the kingdoms of the world. They're in my hand. You don't have to go to the cross to get them. I know you came to do that. I know why you're here. I'm going to give them to you. Just bow down and worship me. These belong to me. They've been delivered to me. Well, who delivered them to him? Adam. Adam and Eve gave it over to him. They listened to the voice of Lucifer over the voice of the Father, and in listening to the voice of a fallen angel over the voice of, the, of God, they surrendered their authority. The Bible says, to whom we submit ourselves to is who we become slaves to. What we submit ourselves to is what dominates us. If we submit ourselves to righteousness or to God, we become slaves to what? Freedom. Anybody want to be bound to freedom? Anybody want to be a slave of blessing? That's what it means to be a slave of God, a doulos, a bondservant, the Bible says. We, become, we submit ourselves unto God, and we become bound to blessing. Huh? You can't avoid it. Blessing is going to follow you because you're bound to God. When we submit ourselves to the enemy, we become slaves to him, and you don't want what he gives. It's nothing. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes, and what does he do? He disarms the principalities. That means the spiritual rulers of darkness, principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, spiritual powers of darkness. He makes a public spectacle over them, okay? Jesus didn't hide what he did. He takes Lucifer and throws him out like a rag doll and puts his foot on his head and crushes it. And he said, everybody get that? Did everybody see what I just did? He made a public spectacle of the enemy. He didn't hide what he did, triumphing over him through the cross. It was death and resurrection. He's made a public spectacle of him. The one who would hide behind, he throws him out. And he says, this is the one that's causing you all the problems. Hey, y'all, here it is. He's defeated. I've crushed his head. We were created with authority. We lost it. Jesus gets it back. Okay? He gets it back. And what does he do? He gives it back to man immediately. Gives it back to the believer immediately. Matthew 28, 18, all power in heaven has been given unto me. Woo, see, look, Jesus has the power. Read the next verse. Therefore, go. I've got all the power back, people, and I'm giving it back to those who follow me. 
The rule and the dominion of the earth is mine now, and I'm giving it back to you. I'm the head, you're the body. It's a divine partnership, always was, always will be. Ephesians says the Father of glory. Here's again the divine partnership. The Father of glory may give to you. What is Paul praying for these Christians? He wants them to have revelation, revealed knowledge. He wants something to awaken within them to where they're like, wow, I never knew that before. That's what revelation is. Revelation is not gnosis. Gnosis is what you know in your head. Gnosis is what the professor wants you to remember. All that stuff you got to memorize if you're in school, you know, that's gnosis. Revelation is you just know what, how it works. You just, you just get it. You see it and you get it. That's revealed knowledge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any, any, you know what I'm saying? I get it now. That's what it means. Oh, aha, yeah, all right, I get it. That's revelation. Paul's saying that you would have revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus is, that you would know not only what he is, but what he has given to you. Be, why do we need revelation? Because we don't get it. It needs to be revealed to our spirits, not our heads. This is what we do, right? I was thinking about this this morning. So we do. Church, oh yeah, we get it, Pastor. Yes, yes, of course. We have kingdom authority. Yes, we get it. Here we sing our songs. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow. You know, we sing these verses, and it's like, here's my favorite. This is how we do it. We don't really understand who we are. I, I love it when we sing Shout to the Lord. It's like, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. That's our version of shout to the Lord. You really think that's what the Bible's meaning when it tells us to shout to the Lord? You really think that's what it's meaning when it says kingdom authority? You have kingdom authority. We have kingdom, say it, I have kingdom authority. In Jesus' name, I have kingdom authority. I may not have known it when I walked in the door, but I know it now, and I will not ever relinquish it. Don't relinquish your authority. You are in authority. Spiritual authority is yours. The devil is not in authority. You are. Circumstances are not in authority. You are. Wait a minute, Kevin. What do I do about my circumstances? Well, I'll tell you what you do with these circumstances. You say what the Father says. Romans says, what shall we say to these things? God is for me, checkbook. You can't be against me. God is for me, circumstance. You can't be against me. What shall you say to these things? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Everything in life is known by the sound of its voice. Everything. You know a car by the sound of it makes. You know an airplane. You know a bird. You know a frog. You know your cat. Everything is known by the sound of its voice. God wants his people to be known by the sound of their voice. What is the sound your voice is making? What shall you say to these things? And the enemy comes right up against you. Oh, that's so stupid. Oh, what are you going to do? You're just going to talk to the air? Is that what you're going to do? Really? Is it that stupid? Is your circumstances talking back to you? Anybody hear their, anybody hear their, their problems talking back? Your problems are talking, aren't they? Huh? Anybody ever had their problems talk to you? Oh, no, I'm just talking to myself. No, that's your problems talking to you. That's, so talk back. Take your authority. Declare what God says. Speak what God says. Whose report will you believe? Huh? Come on. Somebody help me out here. <laughs> I, I encourage participation, so it's all right. 
You can participate. The exceeding greatness of his power towards us, which he worked in Christ. He wants you to know what Jesus has done. He wants you to know, oh, what well, Jesus has just died and forgiven my sins. Yes. But everybody said, everybody say this with me. But wait, there's more. Huh? He doubles down on you. Forgiveness of sins, awesome. Double down, here have the Holy Spirit. Double down, here have authority. Double down, here have purpose. Here, double down, have destiny. This is who this God is. Forever generous, forever loving, forever calling us, calling us, calling us. Echoing, who will hear? Today, if you will hear his voice. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things under the church. In other words, Jesus has defeated the devil, seated in heavenly places, brings us and sits us with him. So Jesus is in the highest position of authority in the spirit. Who's in authority in the spirit? Jesus, final answer. And what has he done for you and I? Bible says he seats us with him. He brings us up where he is and puts everything else under his feet. You can be the lowest Christian in the world and not even be able to know what, anything but Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That may be all you know. But according to the Bible, all authority is underneath you. The soles of the foot of the believer, the soles of the foot of the body, the very lowest part of the body is still above the highest spiritual power of the, of the devil's kingdom. You get it? And I don't know if you get this, every time he uses the word under your feet, under your feet, he says the same thing in Luke. I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. What is he trying to say? I want you to walk on this one. I want you to step on this thing that has tormented your race for so long. I want you to punk him down. I want you to triumph over him, and I want you to do it publicly. Because that's what I did. Huh? You say, how do you do that? Well, hopefully we'll get to that. <laughs> We're getting there. As a head, Jesus was raised from the dead, right? Raised from the dead. So his head was raised, but so was his body. As his head was raised with authority, so was his body. So the head is in authority, but so is the body. The head is raised in power, so is the body. The body is not absent of power. The body is not absent of authority. Was raised in power, was raised in authority. When you come to Christ, you enter the body of Christ, you enter power. In power. First thing Jesus told him to get, okay, you got me. What did he tell him? Wait for power. Wait for power. It's all about power. Dunamis, spirit power. Exousia, exerted power. The head was raised in power. We are seated. Your authority is settled. Jesus said, I'm going to settle the authority issue. My people are seated with me. They don't have to climb up here. They don't have to jump around and do dandy little dances in order to get it. I've seated them. As far as the Father is concerned, his people are in authority and the issue is settled. That's what it means. Your authority is rested and it is settled, delegated by Jesus for Jesus. Your authority is not that of your own. It is of his, right? So the power is given to us for his purposes. And that's the beautiful thing. His purposes are amazing. Next slide. What does the Bible call us? It calls us sons and daughters. In the Old Testament, the son and daughter had the right to authorize business transactions in the father's name. When the son would reach an age or the daughter would reach an age, the father would take him before the gate of the elders and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Same thing the heavenly father did over the son. In other words, this one now has the ability to transact business in my name. You understand that? 
So what does that mean? He's released to you as sons and daughters the ability to transact business, kingdom business, in his name. You are an ambassador. What does that mean? Everybody say it with me. Full representative authority. The ambassador has full representative authority of their government. We are of the government of heaven. You are a part of a kingdom. You are not an American. You are not a Peruvian. You are not a Colombian. You are not a Cuban. Say, yes, I am. The Cubans are going to fight me on that one. Wait a minute, man. I had a Catholic Malaysia this morning. Don't you tell me I'm not Cuban. You are a Christian. You are part of that dominion. You are part of his kingdom. We have full representative. The Bible calls you kings and queens, right? Kings and queens. That's who we are. We have authority. The idea is to understand who you are. The enemy attacks your identity. Do you get that? He attacks your identity. He attacked Jesus' identity. You don't think he's going to attack yours? Who do you think you are? Well, first of all, I don't think I'm anybody. But you know who I am? Who I choose to identify? I choose to identify with who the Lord says I am. And if Jesus says this is who I am, guess what, people? It is a dishonor for you to take it as anything less. I was praying the other day, and I was meditating. It was a good thing for the pastor to pray. It's a good thing for all the Christians to pray, right? Awesome. I was just meditating, and I was just listening to the Spirit, and I was trying to hear what's here what the Lord wants, and I don't know what I was doing. I felt like the Lord told me something. Like, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give this to you. And you know what I immediately felt? I immediately went, oh, no, you know, Lord, that's, a, you, know, you know, our little, you know, humility. And I was very sincere in my humility. And I felt like the Lord said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I want to give it to you, then I want to give it to you, right? And he called to mind, the verse came to mind, uh, um, Isaiah 7, the story is, the king, the prophet came to the king, and the prophet comes to the king, and he says, ask the Lord for a sign that he will deliver you. And the king goes, oh, no, no, I, I couldn't possibly ask the, king for a, the Lord for a sign. He, and, and the Lord was upset because he would not receive the gift that was being offered to him. And so the Lord says, well, therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. Since you won't ask for deliverance, the Lord will give you a sign. It's Isaiah 7, 14. The virgin will conceive. That's, where that context, that's the context of where that promise came out. God says, I'm going to deliver you. Well, the king was in trouble physically, and God says, well, I'll give you a great sign. I'll give you the sign of the, of the spiritual deliverance that will happen in the future because you're not going to ask me for a sign to deliver you now. Well, then I'll just project it out into the future. Don't be too holy for a blessing. Don't be too holy for a blessing. You are created to be blessed. That is the point. You see, people, a lot of people are immaturity and they're blessed. Listen, blessing and maturity are two different things. Can we agree? Anointing and, and, and maturity are two different things. Lots of men of God are anointed of the Father and anointed of the Spirit, but they do not possess character of maturity. And Christians oftentimes get confused because they're following the anointing. The anointing's given. The character of maturity is developed. Blessing is given. Character and maturity is developed. Just because you don't feel like you have the character for the blessing doesn't mean you shouldn't receive it. Because he wants to teach you something. I got the blessing and I just fell down under the weight of it. Great. So what do we think? What did we learn here, Kevin? What did we learn? Well, I need more strength to be able to stand under what you're given. Great. So how are we going to do? You know, he's teaching you. Whew. You guys get anything on this? All right. Okay, good. His desire is for you to reign. You did not ask for this authority. Say this. I didn't ask for this authority. Jesus gives it to me. Huh? He gives it to you. You know what he will do? He'll increase it. He'll increase it. He'll increase it. He'll increase it. Uh-huh. 
Every one of you has been given a measure. You've been given a measure of faith. You've been given the Holy Spirit without measure. But the Holy Spirit increases by your willingness to walk with him. Holy Spirit increases by your willingness to surrender to him. He increases. It is a kingdom without end. It is a world it's an ever-increasing kingdom. Just like you have authority and you have this authority, you can learn to increase the authority. And what you're really doing is increasing your capacity to carry what God's given you. It's already there. You just can't pick it up. You know what I'm saying? The box, is at the, the box is already in your storehouse, but the box is too big. You can't pick it up. You can pick up one carton and say, look what I got. You know what I'm saying? Other people got the whole box. Yeah, look what I got, you know? Because you increase your capacity to carry it. So will you ask God to increase my capacity, increase my capacity, increase my capacity? I ask him all the time. I want to carry more of his spirit. And I'm like, Lord, whatever you have to do to me to carry more of you, do it. If you got to dismantle my thinking, dismantle my thinking. If you got to shift me emotionally, then shift me emotionally. If you got to do something genetically with me to change my ability to carry more of your spirit, then do it. Because I want more of you. Come on. You want it? Say it. Lord Jesus, increase me. Increase me. You know, here we're going to go dangerous. You want to get dangerous? Dangerous is your middle name, Christian. You ready? Say, Lord, do whatever you got to do, but increase me. His desire, what is God's desire? We have kingdom power for kingdom purposes. What is the kingdom purpose that you reign? That his people reign. What do we reign over? Circumstances. Yea, in all these things we are what? More than conquerors. It is his intent that we reign. It is intent that we reign over poverty. It is intent that we reign over sickness. It is intent that we reign over disease. Anything and everything that is meant to bring you harm, you have authority over it. Don't believe me? And these things will follow those who believe. Article 1, they will cast out the devil. What do you think he's interested in? Get the devil out of your home. Get the devil out of your mind and your attitude. Get the devil out of your functions. Get the devil out of every area of your life. Get the devil out of your life. Come on. That's what he's interested in. First thing, here's power, people. Now throw the devil out of your house. And then you go out there and you go, whoo, and then he pushes you back in the door. And Jesus goes, go again. Whoo, you know, you know what I'm saying? This is how he works. <laughs> Jesus is just a coach. You're going to do it. Don't worry. You got this. You got this. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Say it with me. I got it. Because Jesus says so. So they're going to speak in tongues. They're going to take up serpents. Poison, the idea here is anything that is meant to bring you harm, you have dominion over it. Is there anything in your life that's been brought to you that is intended to bring you harm? You have power over it. Article 1, cast out the devil. Out of your family, out of your finances, out of your faith, out of your future, out of your friendships. The devil is already defeated, people, but he doesn't quit. Get it? He's broken and he's defeated, but he doesn't quit. Next slide. How do we cast the devil out? Right? What do we do? I'm trying to see the story. I'll just share it with you right now. Right? We have to exercise authority. If we do not exercise authority, God will not, because authority has been given to you. The Lord will show you how. He will show you how, but he's not going to do it for you. There comes a point in time where the Christian has to begin to assume the position that they've been given. Every time I pray for people, 
I feel like the Lord has been leading to me to get the people. We pray for sickness. We pray for disease. And I feel like the Lord has always said, tell them to take authority over their own body. Every time I hear the Spirit. And so I lead people in a prayer, and I try to coach them through it. Take authority over your own body. Take authority over your own body. Because you have authority. You have authority. How do, we get, how do we get authority? We get authority, number one, through obedience. Because the enemy walks and works in the sons of disobedience. So because you're in Christ, you have been obedient, you've now received the power of God. So you're already translated from darkness to light, but the enemy will rule and reign in areas of your life in which you will not walk in obedience. <gasps> yep. Christians, all day long, there are areas of your life that you will not walk in obedience. Jesus is not Lord of that area. That's why everything's up in the air. That's why everything's a confusion. Why won't this relationship work? Because you're living with her and you're not married. That's why. I'm just putting the car right up in the driveway. That's all, that's all I'm doing, right? We're just going to drive the car right up into the driveway and just park it. If you want the blessing on the relationship, then operate the relationship the way that God has intended it to. Why won't my marriage work? Do you love her as Christ loved the church? Do you honor and respect him? Do you esteem him? Do the things that God has told you to do. Operate in obedience and activates the kingdom. Finances. I just can't believe God has a plan. Are you following his plan? I don't want to. Well, the Bible says, let that person believe that they will receive nothing from the Lord because they're double-minded. It has nothing to do with salvation. I'm not, I don't think that this is the, well, this is the way God does it. He's not going to bend it to what you want. We submit to what he wants. You understand? And so, we'll be, so the enemy rules and reigns in areas of our lives that we refuse to submit. We refuse to submit. Some of you, you have thinking in your head that rules and reigns you, and you will not submit your mind under Christ. You will not make up your mind that I'm going to think the way the kingdom thinks. I'm going to speak the way the kingdom speaks. I'm going to, oh, I'm just such a loser. I'm just so, you know, we're self-condemning. We walk in guilt. There, you need to just sit up every morning and go, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free. And you need to keep saying it to yourself with your mouth open and the words coming out of your mouth, not in a meditative form. Mm, speak it. Speak it. God created with what? Huh? He spoke. There's nowhere where he worked with his hands. He just spoke. And it was. We speak, and it is. And you may have to say it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. You may have to say it again and again until you get it. Until something clicks, or until the environment shifts into order. Right? My children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. Your kids come home from school and just blow the house up, right? Doesn't look like your kids are operating according to what you said, but you just continue to pray, my children, and declare it. I just declare, my children are taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. It's foolishness. Absolutely, it's foolishness. Come join the party. Fools for Christ, right? God takes the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. He wants us, it's foolish to us because it doesn't meet up with our intellectual standards. Oh, I just don't believe that, you know? Well, again, let that person believe they will receive nothing from the Lord. Jesus still loves you, but you, gotta, you better adjust your expectations. If you're not going to follow his path in the way that he said, financially, spiritually, emotionally, materially, uh, relationally, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't even mean you're not saved. 
It just means heaven cannot activate in that way because you're out of alignment. Very important. We overcome the enemy with, with, number one, with obedience. We have to recognize what he does. What does the enemy do? He releases atmospheres. That's what he does. He doesn't create them. He just releases atmospheres. Spirits, say it with me, spirits bring atmospheres. Holy Spirit's in the room. Why do you think you feel so good? Huh? Why is there so much power? Why do you feel like, man, I don't know, everything just feels good today. I don't know. People go to me and they go, wow, I don't know. I just, every time I come to church, I just feel good. Because you have been in the atmosphere of the king. The Holy Spirit creates the atmosphere. The devil, being a fallen angel, creates an atmosphere of hate, of greed, of judgment, of antagonisms. That's what he does. So when you find yourself in those atmospheres, anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just like, I just, don't, I just, you know, you go into places, you don't feel right about it, or, you know, all that other stuff. The enemy creates atmospheres. You have the authority over atmospheres, which I don't have to tell you, but just, just pray. I'm going to leave you right there. I'm going to hold up right there. We have authority over the atmosphere. The way we overcome the atmosphere is by releasing the opposite. Releasing the opposite. If everybody around you is negative and down on you, you bless them. You bless them. You just go, wow, you just look amazing today. You know, the, your boss is like all over you. I just want to let you know I think you're a really good boss. And that boss may be the worst person in the world. You might have to go, I just want to let you know <laughs> that you're a really good boss. <laughs> we bless. And what we do is we shift the circumstance. I know it's hard. Trust me. Trust me. I live in this world. I know. I have people do very wicked things to me. Okay? I understand. Releases atmospheres. He releases mindsets. He tries to train you into a way of thinking. That's exactly what the Bible's trying to do. Train you into a way of thinking. Renew your mind. Why? Because the enemy is training you into a way of thinking. Why? The world thinks this way. He creates a culture, a cosmos, and calls you into a way of thinking. We are in that cosmos, but we are not of it. We are in that mindset, but we are not of it. We are a kingdom mindset, different from that. He creates opposition. What does he oppose? He opposes what God has promised you. I said a guy, he said for the first time, he said, I've been a Christian my whole life. He said, for the first time I realized that what God has told me I could have, I can have. And he said, and I kept feeling God's telling me I can have this, or he's pushing me in this direction, and then everything doesn't go my way. And he said, and I think God doesn't want me to have it. And he said, for the first time, you, I realized that there's an enemy that's opposing me. Yes, he is. The kingdom of heaven suffers violent. In other words, the dominion, the rule and the reign and the destiny of the believer is violently opposed. The enemy isn't going to let you just walk in and take what's yours. He just isn't. You have to press into it. Jesus said, the violent take it by force. Declarative prayers, prayers of authority. We declare so that was what the, the whole offering prayers were declaring. We're speaking life. We're commanding life over that offering. We're commanding that seed to yield. We're commanding the promises of God to break forth. We're not commanding God. We're commanding the promises of God to come forth, calling them forth, summoning them. The promises and purposes of God is our declarative prayer. We declare the will of the Father. If God won't, if you won't, then God, if you don't, then God won't. Next slide. Got a lot more to say, but I'm going to end right here. All right, so we're going to end with a prayer. We're going to end with a declarative prayer. And you go, oh, man, I don't want to, 
I don't know, you know, I just don't, I just, you know, listen. Giant killer, rise up. Wake up, giant killer. Wake up. Second Kings. Here again, we have the prophet coming to a king. The king's in trouble, right? Kings and queens get in trouble. Can we agree? King and queen, they get in trouble. And so God sends a prophet to the king and says, ask for a word. And the king says, well, I don't know if I... I just don't know, you know, I don't know if I should get a word. He's got a word for you. And here God sends a prophet to the king, and he says, you want deliverance? You want victory? I'm going to show you how. He says, put your hand on the bow. The king comes with a bow and arrow and sticks a bow in his hand, a weapon. And he says, use the weapon. And he says, pull the bow. And he says, open the window. Open that window. Elijah. Come on, you can't get any higher than Elijah. Well, maybe John the Baptist, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Sorry. Some of you get it. Some of you, some of you are like, what did he mean by that? Anyway. And he tells, and Elijah tells the king, shoot the arrow. And when he shoots the arrow, the prophet declares over it, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance over your enemies. For you will strike the Syrians and you will destroy them. And then he takes, he tells, this is, so the king shoots the arrow. The prophet declares the word of the Lord over the weapon that was used. You see the idea? Use your weapon. Declare the word of the Lord. And then he gives him something, and he says, here, I want you to take these arrows. Huh, you think it's weird? How'd you like to be a king? And a prophet sticks a handful of arrows in your hand. And he says, beat these on the ground. Take the arrows and beat them on the ground. And the king goes like this. Okay. And what's the prophet say? That's it? That's all you got? He said, you should have broken those arrows to pieces. God's given you deliverance. He's given you a means by which to do it. Use it. And he says, because you only struck three times, you will only strike your enemies three times. You should have struck these arrows until your enemy would not rise anymore. So what's the point? We're just a little bit like, well, I don't know. We, we, just waiting on God, just waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Take authority. So I don't know how to take authority. Well, that's why you're here. Next slide. Anybody want authority? Huh? You want to do a declarative prayer? If you do, please stand to your feet. Don't be timid. Arrows are in your hands. Lift your hands. Say this with me. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. The arrow of the Lord's victory. My weapons are not carnal. They are mighty through God to pull down strongholds. And it's, let's say this together. In the name of Jesus, I take my rightful position as a son and as a daughter. It is my right to rule with authority. This position is given to me by my Father, and I will use it. I position myself with obedience into the things of God, and here we go. I declare victory in my family in my finances, in my future, in my friendships, and in my faith. I command all sickness and disease to go from all spheres of my life. Satan, you have no authority over me. You have no authority over my household, and you have no authority over any arena of my life. Where I go, the kingdom goes, and I am in authority. Devil. I cast you out and all of your kind. I release my prophetic destiny 
receive it. All that the Father has prepared for me to be and to do. From this time forth, I will not live as a victim. I will live as a victor. You believe it? Come on. All right. Woo! <laughs> Let me bless you. We're going to break. We're going to dismiss. Come on, just receive it again. Say, Father, bless me. Again and again. If nobody wants it, I want it. I want more. If I'm not big enough to carry it, then make me bigger because I want more. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you and give you peace. And may you forever live in his favor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God loves you. We love you. Have a great week. Faith can move the mountains. Let the mountains move. Come.